Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell, FHS, joined by my two wonderful brothers, brothers in religion, brothers in podcasting, brothers in the Lord, the one, the only, Deacon Elijah DeLello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You're British. Top of the morning. Yeah, I figured maybe a British accent would make my allergies sound cooler. Also, I just want to start this episode by saying uh, we're sorry, Father Anthony. We forgot to do a shout out on the last mm, episode. This is our other host, Brother Paul. But shout out to Father Anthony, who is uh, crushing it on the Camino. Crushing it on the Camino. Yeah, if you'd like to actually follow Father Anthony on his travels and his journeys, he if you go to our, our website, becomefire.faith, there is a tab uh, entitled Father Anthony's Journal. And you can find his blog posts and also some YouTube shorts that he is doing, which have just been awesome. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're super excited that our father, our brother is out there crushing it on the Camino, crushing it on the uh, the the social media front of it. I mean, he's just like that's why he's the fearless leader. That's why that's he, why he's in charge. It's why he's number one. And it's why you guys are somewhere five. beneath that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Number> five. <laughs> Amen. Five's a good number. Yeah. So we are going to be starting our newest series on the Become Fire podcast. Our our two brothers, you know, despite what they look like, they're actually smart, intelligent fellows. Wow. <laughs> That was mean. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. D- despite their appearances, they're actually very bright. That was wonderful. And they've been studying very hard these last couple years in seminary. They're learning a lot of things. And so we thought it would be uh, really great for them to just kind of share some of the things that they have been learning in their time in seminary. Because I'll just be honest with you guys, I've completely forgotten everything that they taught me. I understand. Father. That's apparent. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Starting off on a good foot here. Uh, we love each other. We really we do. do. <clears throat> this is how this is how we love each other. So uh, we wanted to do a uh, a series on the sacraments. This is uh, I mean I can't think of something that is more crucial and more fundamental to our our faith, our practice of the faith our experience of the faith and in something perhaps that, you know, we could all just use a really deep dive into. And so we're going to be spending the next two months really just rolling up our sleeves and, and getting into the sacraments. So our studious, intelligent, uh, and good looking brothers, what, so, so first of all, first of all, let's just, how many sacraments are there? There are seven sacraments. Um, well, I just, I was also, I just also want to like, just cause we did just study it. So we had a, we had a sacraments in the Eucharistic class, mm-hmm. um, this past semester at Sacred Heart. 
And for me, it was just really eye-opening, like, like to your point too, like how central the sacraments are. Mm. Um, and when we talk about like grace and how like you receive the inner life, that like the way Christ really established that and chose yeah. to confer his divine life to us is through the sacraments. Yeah. So they are the primary means of being in a relationship with God and also receiving the grace to live out the Christian life. So like they are... They're just very important. I mean, he, he basically instituted an entire priesthood to make sure that we have the sacraments. Like they're like, like a lot of these things are like essential to the Catholic faith. And then I'll toss it over to Elijah. Yeah, maybe that's just a good place to start. Like, so you're just sharing a little bit of your experience of the class and maybe, uh, yeah, what was maybe some of like Brother Paul was just sharing, but what were some of the, the big takeaways from this I mean, this 15 week course semester on the sacraments and what a gift that an opportunity to really just kind of study the faith in that way. So for you, what was maybe one of the few big takeaways that you want to just impart to our listeners as we embark on this journey? Wowzers. Give us the elevator speech. So there was, so that the course was sacraments and the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. So there was an emphasis on the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was great because we're doing a, a three-year kind of Eucharistic revival right. in the church. And I think that just if you trace, you know, history, the, the last, uh, I mean, I don't really even know when when a lot of the decline in, in faith in the Blessed Sacrament began, mm. but um, maybe probably sometime in the 70s, maybe before that, but um, how central the Blessed Sacrament is you know, to the life of grace. And, you know, if, if there's so many people in the church, I don't remember the numbers, you know, something like only 20, 25% of Catholics actually believe in the true right, presence. Right, right. I think it was 33% of the people like four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, no appalling, whatever the number is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's shockingly appalling. appalling. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know why we're in the situation we're in today. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you don't believe in what the church calls the source and summit of the Christian faith, like the essence of, of what you need mm -hmm. to be strengthened, to live out, to live out the Christian life. If you don't believe Jesus is really there, it's no wonder so many, so many Catholics are struggling, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and even, you know, uh, something else that came through, I think just as you kind of go into some of the sacramental theology, but that the sacraments are, are meant to um, build us up as a body you know, it's meant to strengthen the church. So, so when the body uh, has only 33, 25, however percent of its members believing in Jesus in the true presence of the sacrament uh, there, it, you know, the, the, the body is weak, Yeah. you know, it's like the body is sick. It's only yes. at 33% of health, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and how much can a body really do when it's only, only that healthy, you know, not, yeah. not too much. So I think for me, just the, the beauty, the centrality really the gravity of faith in the blessed sacrament um, came through for me in the, in the course. I think something I'm excited for us for these next two months or so that we're going to be doing this together and, and, and walking through the sacraments and, and what they are sort of writ large and then taking an episode to dive into each one is that uh, I'm excited for, for a lot of reasons uh, that one of them is that we live in a day and age of, religious indifferentism mm -hmm. and, and it might even experience like even like Christian indifferentism where just so long as you believe in Jesus, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's all good. You know what I mean? 
And and I don't want like I don't want to disparage that. I think believing Jesus is is very good. Uh, but but as Catholics, that there is something just way there. We are different. We are different than other Christians, um, and we have these means, these sources of grace that are that are unique to us, and that we believe that are actually central to our practice and experience of being a follower, being a disciple of Jesus. That that in many respects, that that we need them, and and it's okay. It's okay to to be different. So I guess uh, there's a part of me that's that's excited to kind of maybe like carry the Catholic banner. You know what I mean? And, and, and just, we can be proud of this. We don't have to be ashamed of this. We don't have to kind of ignore this. And then secondly, um, I think something that contributes to this experience of maybe just Christian indifferentism is that maybe so many people don't really have the ability to speak about or explain why we do the things that we do as Catholics, particularly the sacraments, you know, um, why is our Sunday worship so different than other Christians? Why do we have all these rules regarding who can receive and when they can receive uh, the Eucharist? And why do we confess our sins to a priest? And and why do we believe this about baptism and, and, and confirmation? And, and why do we have priests? And where do these things come from? And and there are so many things that that the sacraments make us different. And so just kind of really just sinking our teeth into it and really getting into it. I'm, I'm really excited for it to kind of give people maybe some experience of really talking and thinking about these things. Yeah. And, and to the point that you were making to see how blessed we are as Catholics, you know, that the sacraments aren't these things that are kind of either steps that I need to take in order to check the box off or like a, a thing that I need to receive, but I have all of these, you know, things going on where I either don't, I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. Or, you know, sometimes uh, people who come into the church, there's, there's certain things that they need to do to dispose themselves to it. Uh, but to see that it's worth it, that, that as Catholics, we really are blessed to have uh, these, these ordinary means of grace that the Lord has given to us. So I guess the, the, the best place to start is just to ask the very straightforward and plain question, uh, what is a sacrament? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to spitball this definition, and then Brother or Deacon Elijah will correct me if I am wrong. <laughs> um, so the, the kind of the classic way of saying it is that they're instituted by Christ uh, and that they're efficacious signs of a sacred reality for the upbuilding of the church. Wow. Yes. Very good, brother. Wow. Thank you, sacraments <laughs> in the Eucharist class. So that is going to to be parsed out. Yeah. Um, so instituted by Christ, um, just what does that mean? What does it mean that this was instituted by Christ? Seems like a very formal way of, of talking. The, ma the main thing, too, um, when you say instituted by Christ, is that there's a, a tendency to assume that there is a certain development within the sacraments. Um, and then people can kind of say that they're like, they're man-made rituals um, that we've just kind of like made up, that they didn't really do what they're doing. Um, but by holding to uh, the truth that they've been instituted by Christ, it means that it's Christ himself who instituted the sacraments. Uh, so they're actually like uh, 
put to, put forth by divine authority, meaning that it's not subject to kind of the, the whims of man or they're not just fanciful things that we made up in order to do certain things. Um, but they're, but yeah, but that Christ himself is the one who institutes them, that they, they have a divine authority. Um, and that as such, like it is like the way in which Christ desires to communicate his grace to us. Do you have anything you want to add, Deacon? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, and and also, I mean, there's so much that you can say, but but that they're in the scriptures, you know, that mm. they're in the scriptures, as brother saying, they're not man-made that Jesus himself directly institutes all seven of the sacraments. Um, and the church affirms this throughout, throughout her history, but especially at the council of Trent, um, which is in the 1500s. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, preview of coming attractions that we will be going over where one could find these being instituted by the scriptural Christ. supports yeah, of where, where Christ institutes. The sacraments. So, uh, so you might be asking, well, that's really interesting. I don't ever remember, you know, uh, Jesus performing, like presiding over any weddings, or I don't, I don't remember Jesus, you know, anoint doing anointing of the sick or things like that. And so, um, we will in future episodes be kind of teasing out where the church, uh, finds these in, in, in the gospels and in the scriptures. So the second part of your definition that you gave us, brother Paul, so you said they were instituted by Christ and that they are efficacious signs. So what does it mean that a sacrament is an efficacious sign? So just to start with uh, kind of a sign in a generic sense points to something else. Um, so if you're going down a freeway and you see like 75 miles per hour, it's a sign that's pointing to what the speed limit is. Um, and so like most signs work in that way. Um, but then what's different about the sacraments is that they're signs and then the sign that they signify is a sacred reality, kind of that second part of that. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the key word is that they're efficacious signs, meaning that what they signify, they actually produce within the subject. So when you see the 75 mile per hour sign, it doesn't, it doesn't make you go 75 miles per hour. But if we're talking in a, in a broad sense, analogously, <clears throat> if it was an efficacious 75 mile per hour sign, you would, you would pass that and see that and your car would go 75 <laughs> miles per hour, right? The sign is then also producing the effect in the mm -hmm. subject, which is the car. So it would make the 75 present, the 70 miles per hour present in its operation within the vehicle. And so then, and like similitude, like by way of similitude, the sacraments, um, properly speaking, also do the same thing. So in the instance of like baptism, um, like you have the pouring of water and this purification of original sin of being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so it's a sign of purification and the removal of, of original sin, but it's more than just a sign because it's actually removing original sin mm -hmm. and filling you with the divine life. It's giving you the grace um, and like sanctification. So it's doing that which it signifies in and of itself. Yeah. No, the, um, so it's <clears throat> everything that brother just said. Um, I don't know that I have anything to add to that. It dawns on me as, as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like if your professor listened to this, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe you should just do this instead of taking a final next year. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so going through our definition that a sacrament 
is, is instituted by Christ. It is an efficacious sign of a divine reality. And is there, did I, am I missing a part of the definition? Uh, the, so, the, of a, so just to say that to like of a sacred reality or a divine reality. And so then same way that the, the, we're just going to continue the analogy of the 75 miles per hour, mm-hmm. that it's a, like a generic sign that points to a speed limit, whereas the sacraments point to an invisible divine reality. Um, and so the pouring of water um, points to like the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, the anointing of the sick, the smearing uh, of the, the anointing oil um, signifies the, the divine reality of being like configured to the suffering Christ during your time of illness. Mm-hmm. So there's all these ways in which the, the sacraments are pointing to these different gifts and graces like from God of like these divine and sacred realities. I realized that that perhaps maybe there was a prior or maybe more fundamental question to ask before I asked for the definition of of a sacrament. Um, Have I missed anything in the definition? Was that the the last part of it? Is that it's like for the upbuilding of the church? For the upbuilding of the church. So, so maybe just kind of share with us how the sacraments um, do that, or why they do that, or why is that part of the definition? That it's an efficacious sign. So it's instituted by Christ yeah. as an efficacious sign of a divine reality for the upbuilding of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's many ways that we could say they build up the church. Um, first and foremost, you know, something like baptism. Every time someone is baptized, they become a visible member of the church. So in that way, literally, you know, you are, you're adding to and growing the body of Christ. Um, and then also the different sacraments, uh, depending on what they do, they, they bring about the sanctification, the holiness of its members. Mm. And so they configure, uh, those in the church more and more to the person of Jesus. Um, so like St. Paul says that, um, in, in Ephesians four, you know, as, 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 um, you know, the gifts are of the spirit are given out and everyone, you know, receives these gifts that we are built up in charity, you know, more and more into the body of Christ and into, into his image. And so the sacraments are, are, um, what, what we call the ordinary means of grace, mm. meaning that because Christ instituted the sacraments directly, um, he also willed that through them, this was the way in which he desires to give his grace to us all that he merited for us throughout his life and especially on the cross, that this is the way he wants to distribute those graces and appropriate them uh, to individual members within his body. And so when we receive those graces through the sacraments um, and we are configured and we are changed and we are uh, grown more and more into the, to the image of Jesus, um, his, his body is, is built up um, both visibly um, again, through the members, you know, the number of people in the, in the church and then invisibly, uh, at the, at the level of our, our hearts, our souls, uh, our sanctification and holiness. I guess just to add to that too, like just for like the upbuilding of the church, like even like the very hierarchical structure of the church of like Pope, Bishop, priest, deacon, um, that those all arrive through Christ instituting, um, like the sacred orders. And so there's a certain sense. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. There's like, there's like the saying, like a, the, the church is the sacrament of something or like the sacraments give rise to the church. Or so like, there's kind of this, this 
this way of saying, like the way the two interact with one another. Um, but there's a real sense in which, and, and Brother Elijah was saying that too, but like in which the visible structure of the church exists through the sacraments mm -hmm. that without the sacraments there is no visible structure mm -hmm. that then incorporates like the 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 hierarchy the membership and then even we'll, we'll get into it more with each of the the sacraments but each sacrament imparts a mission an identity and a power and so even the idea of like the church's mission to evangelize all nations is intricately tied to the sacraments and that and it's this weird kind of like the the where each member then also receives that mission uh, through the sacraments, but then it's also enlivened and lived out in the structure of the church. So the two are really like, um, not interchangeable, but the, the, the two are really closely interconnected. They're wedded together. They're wedded together <laughs> in such a way that like, that the, one doesn't exist without the yeah. other in a certain sense. So as we're talking, um, I, I, maybe I just want to, I want to ask two questions right now, and I, and I hope that they're related. And if they're not, I would ask you to relate them. So first, um, the word sacrament, um, where does this word come from? That's a great question. I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I you know, am I, I don't think it's in the New Testament anywhere. Um, or maybe it is, or maybe, maybe I guess, I guess sacrament is, is an English word. What would be the Greek word that, that we're kind of pulling it from? And then, and then secondly, um, you know, we're saying that these things were instituted by Christ. They, they, they're for the upbuilding of the church and, and, um, but, but why sacraments? Um, like, uh, yeah, like a great question. why sacraments? And, and maybe another way of saying it is just like, like, what is the point of, of being a Christian? Um, and, yeah. and, and why, what, what does sacraments have to do with, with being a Christian in the first place? So, so where does the word come from and then why sacraments at all? So sacraments are coming from, uh, I think the Latin word sacramentum, which means mystery. And I don't know this for sure, but I'd be interested in, a lot of times when we talk about like the sacred mysteries, um, and some of the times that's also in reference to the sacraments. So I'd be curious to know if mysterion in the Greek is also, it, but I'm getting a nod from Deacon Elijah that it's also used um, in reference to the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And so there is a sense of like mystery that's involved um, or like hiddenness maybe. Mm -hmm. And I think a way to describe that too is because uh, the, the, the sacraments communicate both a visible and invisible reality. Um, and so when you, when you talk about like a mystery, there, there is something that like, and, uh, and like all human knowledge comes through the senses. But so there's all there's, there's just a degree of mystery. We're like, obviously, we see the pouring of water, but we don't see the removal of original sin. So there is this like active faith that's involved in all of the sacraments. And then in regards to like, and like, so then how does that relate? Like, why does Christ institute the sacraments? Um, and it's the first and foremost to see that God isn't limited by the sacraments. So he, God in his infinite wisdom and knowledge could have chosen another, he, any way that that he could come up with to communicate grace, to, to give, to share with us the divine reality. Um, but he chooses the sacraments. Um, and, the, and then I would say the reason why he chooses it, there's all these uh, ideas of like fittingness of the sacraments. And I think one of them that, that I, that I'm maybe Elijah can give some other ones to you and he can carry it. But one of them, I, the one I think about the sacraments, one of them is like the fittingness of how we're made as human beings, um, that all knowledge does come through, uh, the senses. And what I mean by that is that, um, like you, 
you like, even if you're teaching a kid to read, like you have to like they have to be able to see the letters. So you can talk to them about an A all they want, all you want to, but like they have to see the letters, and then like you get concepts of that, and you gradually your your knowledge forms, or or even like how to bake bread. Like you have to like know the recipe, you have to have the flour. There's all these ways in which like all knowledge comes through the senses, or someone telling us you hear it. Um, and so in the same way, um, Christ gives us the sacraments in such a way that we would come to know them, um, in a way that would communicate to our human nature. Um, like they say, like according to the mode of the knower. So according to the mode of human knowledge, Christ also chooses to communicate uh, the divine realities and sacraments. Yes. Um, so even in the early church, um, when they would have people who wanted to be initiated into the church, they would have what was called the, the mystagogical catechesis. Mm, yes. Um, and there were different um, sees or, or uh, places within the church, like Jerusalem and Antioch and uh, different places where some of the saints were. And what they would do is they would they would evangelize and teach and catechize the people. And then once they um, were ready and they were baptized, um, after they received baptism and actually received the sacraments, um, the thought was now that now that you have the Holy Spirit through baptism, we're going to open up to you even more now the the sacraments themselves. And this was called mystagogy or mystagogical catechesis or teachings. Um, and this word mystagogy, it's, it's, it's from the Greek and it means into the mysteries, yes. leading into the mysteries. And the mysteries, as brother said, are, are another way to call the sacraments, the mysteries, because um, again, they're, they're veiled in a sense and they call us to faith and we receive, you know, from them the, the grace that uh, Jesus desires to impart to us. Um, and just to build off that too, that, you know, one of the things that is so central to our faith is the incarnation. Um, and as Paul was, uh, brother Paul was saying that, that it's through, you know, the Lord, you know, grace, grace builds upon nature. The Lord desires to, to sanctify us, to redeem us through the way that he made us, you know, he doesn't bypass our humanity in the way that we come to know the way that we interact with the world. Um, but you know, Jesus himself, um, uh, the second person of the Trinity takes on human nature, becomes man, uh, in the incarnation. And then not only, and this is, you know, something even that the fathers will point to, but it's not only, um, just his, his death on the cross, but it's, it's, it's his whole life that is a redeeming act. And so throughout his entire life, you know, God made man, um, is doing those things is fulfilling perfectly the law, um, because he is the, the obedient son, because he is God made man. Um, but that also by taking on our, our human nature, he shows us the way in which he desires us to be saved. Uh, and so he unites us to himself and continues to, um, make his, his saving action present by giving us things that are, so to speak, incarnational, by giving us physical, tangible things like the sacraments um, that, you know, are have specific elements that are material, that, that we can touch, that we can see, um, that we can feel, um, that call us onto faith. Um, and then also because it's, you know, the, when, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it was through their senses, it was through their actions mm. that they incurred that first sin. It was through, um, you know, the physical grabbing at, you know, the apple or whatever the, the fruit was there. Um, you know, the, 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 
a whole nother thing um, that we could talk about. We don't really know what the fruit was, but um, but but that well, action. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's whatever right. The, whatever the tree yeah, was. Whatever, yeah, whatever right. <laughs> probably, probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it was that action that, that they received, that they were wounded uh, in their nature, um, that they received that first original sin. And so it's it's through our senses, it's through our, our humanity that the Lord wants to also heal us, um, that the same way that we were wounded, he wants to heal us. And so through these physical means, through these these signs that he desires to impart uh, grace to, to heal us and to make us holy. I think just as we're, we're going into the sacraments, something that is just, you know, just so fundamental to what it means to be a Catholic. And so, you know, asking this question, you know, why sacraments? Um, I think we experience um, within Catholicism and maybe without, without other Christian denominations, a temptation to reduce what it means to be a Christian to having just a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and that is good, that is right, and that is just. But um, but it, th- there's something reductionistic about that where it's not just that Christ came so that we might have a relationship with him, but so that we would actually be one with him. We would be united with him. Uh, we would be brought up into his very life. We would enter into the Trinity and we would become like God. Um, and so he didn't come just so that we could talk to him and have a relationship with him and, and share our hearts and our stories with him. But, but he actually wants us to become one with him. Um, and that's for everybody. That's for everybody, that everyone is meant to become one with Jesus, to become so united with him. And and his life is a mystery. And, And the sacraments, as we've been saying, is our entrance into, our participation in, our sharing of these mysteries of Christ so that so that we're one with him. So that he lives in me and I live in him and, and he is one with the Father and so that I'm one with the Father. So that I'm, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit that, that, that the life of God is coursing through my veins. And it's not just that I have a relationship with God, but that in some ways I am a sharer in, in, in God. I am like God. And now that is a profoundly mysterious thing. And so... I think that's one of, that's one of the, the things that the sacraments are ordered to is to bringing us into the life of God, not just so that we could know him, but that we could become one with him as well. Yeah. And I think um, it's important for us to see, you know, as you're saying that we, we would always emphasize and as, as a Catholic, Catholic faith that it, it is personal and communal. Mm-hmm. Um, but to also see how personal the sacraments are, um, that the Lord, you know, because the, the Lord so often through the sacraments is working through the priests in persona Christi, which means that it's really Jesus working, really Jesus doing the, those things. And so when we are baptized, it is really Jesus pouring the water. It is really Jesus anointing us. 
Um, when we are forgiven of our sins in the confessional, it is really Jesus listening to our sins and then giving us absolution. And then what's more personal than, than receiving Jesus into our physical bodies, receiving his, his real uh, substantial presence into our bodies. Um, and it's personal so that it can then become communal so that we can be even more one in him. Amen. So that is all the time we have today. Uh, We'll spend some more time. Yeah, please, Brother Paul. I just, uh, just kind of one last note. Yeah. Um, so this would be a very cursory kind of overview of the sacraments, but um, the particular book we use for our class, which I would recommend to you if you're like, oh, this is really interesting because there's way more information than we're going to be able to give yeah, like kind of sure. 30 minute snippets. Um, but it's called Touched by Christ by Larry Feingold. Um, and it's a great overview of, uh, of the sacraments. And so I just, if you're, if you're interested, I would yeah, definitely if you want to follow along with us, that's kind of our, going to be the primary text that we yeah. will be so just, using for our conversations for sure. So we'll do kind of a, another introduction next week as well, before we kind of go one by one through each one. Uh, but our final question of the day, uh, which sacrament are you most excited to talk about in our upcoming episodes? I think... Probably the Eucharist. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Source and summit. Brother Paul, is there a no, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, the, I was surprised by some of the stuff about the anointing of the sick. Mm. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. So it'd be interesting to kind of break that down a little bit and stuff like that. Very exciting. Uh, for the sake of variety, I will say marriage. I think that'll be really exciting. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, Deacon Elijah, would you please uh, end us with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, who came uh, to save us from our sins. And we thank you also for the gifts of the, the sacraments and all of the grace that you give to us through the sacraments. We pray that during our time over these next few weeks, you would give us a greater love, a greater appreciation, and a deeper faith in the sacraments that we may receive most fruitfully all that you desire to give to us. We ask the Blessed Mother to pray for us, pray with us. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. That's becomefire.faith. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.